When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop pregame show as we are here getting ready for the Auburn versus Ole Miss game tomorrow at 6 o'clock p.m. in good old Jordan-Hare Stadium. And this game is a night game, so expect some weirdness to ensue. Night game, night game, night game. I am here joined by Mr. Harrison Tarr and Mr. John Lee himself, Mr. Six and Four himself, John Conley. Uh, John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, guys. Uh, I love anytime I get to come on the show and uh, talk Auburn ball. I'm probably the most excited about a team breakdown that I've been all season. Um, I can't imagine no, why. <laughs> no disrespect to uh, to Sanford and Cal and uh, UMass, but I'm I'm definitely looking forward to breaking down a, a good conference game here. Well, Mr. Conley, we're we're thrilled to have you back on. It's been far too long, my friend. So glad to have you back here on the College Loop. Let's kind of jump right into it. Um, We've got a matchup of two teams headed in seemingly different directions this week. Uh, Ole Miss is on absolute fire right now. Uh, obviously, dropping a game to Alabama at Alabama, still question up in the air whether or not Lane Kiffin will ever beat Nick Saban. There's that narrative there. That's not at all applicable or relevant uh, to, to this weekend. Auburn on a three-game skid. And like I mentioned before, these two teams could not be as staunchly different, any more staunchly different than they are. Auburn playing a physical brand defense that has actually been the shining spot. I know what happened in Baton Rouge happened in Baton Rouge, but that you got to get some help from your offense on that on that end of the ball. Uh, Ole Miss has lived and died by the term was coined by I'm sure someone else, but uh, come 12:01 a.m. on January 1st, my roommate Billy Nash texted me and said defense is optional in 2023. I'm putting it out there now, and Ole Miss has seemed to live and die by that. Uh, so that's that. There's something uh, to be said for that. But if you look on the offensive side of the ball, guys, it's so staunchly different there too. Auburn just not cutting it. I mean, 347 yards average of of, of total offense per game, unless I'm, I'm mis- mis- mistaken there, Dylan. Uh, and then Ole Miss, you look at them on the other side of the ball, 489.3 yards of total offense per game. Those are just wildly different numbers. These are wildly different teams with wildly different coaching philosophies. So this is truly going to be a unique battle um, at Jordan-Hare Stadium under the lights. Like Dylan said, 6 p.m. kickoff tomorrow evening as the show is coming out. There will be a light show. I'm sure it'll still be a packed game. It is the Hugh Freeze revenge game. That is a narrative where we're going to be monitoring as well, John. So without further ado, I'm going to kind of open this one up. Um, we'll start with Dylan. We'll work our way around, John, and we'll kind of round out with you. And I'll start you know, nitpicking you, if you will, on, on, on what Auburn needs to get done if they want to compete in this ball game. But let's let's just open up gut reactions and and outlooks here at the chances that Auburn stands at competing and or taking down 
the thirteenth ranked Ole Miss Rebels uh, at home at, on in Jordan Hare Stadium on Saturday night. Dylan, where's your head at right here, and why? Uh, my head's kind of spinning because I don't really exactly know where to go with this game. It's there's a lot of narratives going into this game that make me think this game is going to be, and I know this game is going to be a fun watch. Uh, at least I hope so, because uh, I can't stand another one of those games that we saw last Saturday. Uh, right now, my head is basically just wondering who is going to start a quarterback, and I feel like I already know who it's going to be. Uh, Hugh Freeze has shown no no sway on who is going to change at quarterback or change his offense in general, which I'm not the happiest about because uh, I get year one of a head coach, but also I like to win football games. And especially I'd like to at least be competitive in football games. Uh, so another game like LSU cannot happen. Uh, but overall, uh, I have all the stats in front of me, and I'll get to all those in a second. But I'm just yeah. kind of up in the air. Well, I'll, I'll go and tell you, you fellows where I'm at right now. Uh, and in my head, I'm, I'm sorry, it's just Rebels. And, 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 and we'll, we'll get to that later later in, in the show about, about our score predictions and things of that nature. But when you look at a position-by-position breakdown, if you, if you look at Peyton Thorne, uh, Jackson Dart, the edge clearly goes to Ole Miss. When you look at um, unit, uh, I guess, Unit breakdowns, the defensive edge goes to Auburn, but the offensive edge goes to Ole Miss by a mile. And Ole Miss's defense, I don't think, is that much more piss poor than that of Ole Miss, excuse me, than that of LSU that we saw just a week ago. And we saw Auburn really not be able to get anything going on there. So I've got a lot, a lot of concerns. There is, however, the element of this is a ball game played at Jordan Hare under the lights. Like Dylan said, this game's going to be weird. I do think it could be oddly close. And we'll talk about that later when we get to our score predictions. It is also the Hugh Freeze. If you want to call it revenge game, I think it's the revenge game. If there's a team on this schedule that Hugh Freeze does not want to lose to, it is the University of Mississippi. And there we could go into the many, many avenues as to why, but there's a pretty glaring answer to the fact that at one point they fired him as their head football coach. And, you know, there's lots of lots of details there, lots of baggage there. But point blank, he was fired as their head football coach, and there is always going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. Lots and lots and lots of intricacies here. John, go ahead and tell me right now where your head is at initially. Uh, just looking at the surface level of this game, especially if you put on those orange and blue shades uh, uh, from that perspective. Not booging, not asking you to boog, but I'm asking you to just say from an Auburn perspective where your head is at. Yeah, I mean, you guys talked about it uh, pretty much spot on with both of what you guys are saying. Um, this team is going to be – they compare in terms of – their strength, strengths and weaknesses are very similar to that of LSU, what you just saw last week, which can help you going into this game, right? Because you kind of are seeing a very similar type thing. Um, it was funny, you know, you just mentioned, you know, it is Jordan Hare. Weird things happen at Jordan Hare. I, I don't think there's probably another stadium in the SEC where that home field advantage and just the weird things that can happen are quite as magnified as what happens in Auburn, Alabama. Um but, I mean, this team, this game's going to be really, really close. It's going to be interesting. One thing that's really fun, you guys mentioned a revenge game. Um, it's also kind of a, like, reputation game because the last time that Auburn lost to Ole Miss here at Jordan-Hare, Hugh Freeze was the head coach of Ole Miss. Right. So the last time that, that happened, so, you know, that's something that if you're Hugh Freeze, you definitely want to pat yourself on the back and be like, yeah, you still try to find a way to, to get past me because you can't. Absolutely. And, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head as, a, as an over-encompassing. But I do also want to throw in super, super quickly before we get into – we're going to start with offensive breakdown just so you guys can go ahead and be where you want to be in your notes. But this would be and, – and I know this is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings for me saying this. And then, Dylan, you're not going to like me saying this at all because I know your stance on the University of Mississippi. This is a statement win if you can pull this one off. 
as, as things are right now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and it's going to be a common theme as I talk about this throughout the rest of the, of the, of the day and the rest of this hour. These are two teams heading in seemingly different directions right now. If Auburn can flip the script and pick off, pick off number 13 Ole Miss uh, at the crib back, back at home, then, then you're in good shape and, and you're in, in good standing in terms of looking with the glass half full mentality coming down the stretch. And when we are to the point now, we you know six regular season games left. This is the home stretch. You are you are down what we determined the stretch was at preseason. So very very big deal. Let's start with that Ole Miss offense, and we're and we're going to look at it from an Auburn perspective. Things that they do well, um, and and things that this Auburn defense can do to slow down this offense. Uh, I'll go ahead and open this up to you, John. We're just going to read off a couple numbers, and then it's yours. Jackson Dart uh, already over sixteen hundred yards on the season, and and the dude does not turn the ball over. Only. Only two interceptions to 12 touchdowns. Only say, has only taken 12 sacks. I know that feels like a lot, but you got to remember this dude just is a playmaker, and sometimes you just got to go down. Um, and let's not be naive and forget the fact that 1,600 yards through six games is going to exceed what we anticipate to be the career, the year-long total for Peyton Thorne. Very staunchly different. Then you look at the rushing game. I don't have to say anything other than Quenchon Judkins. Judkins. Should have been an Auburn Tiger. That's an avenue we can talk about another time. Wanted to be an Auburn Tiger. Auburn fans, you can blame Brian Harson for that one square on the nose. Let him get right out from right underneath you down the road in Pike Road. Receiving Jordan Watkins, getting the job done, 536 yards on the season. You've also got Dayton Wade and Trey Harris, both north of 360. There are weapons, John. What does Auburn have to do to slow down this prolific Ole Miss offense? So... Whenever I was looking at this breakdown, I was going through, I watched a couple games, and I always just see from an outsider, if you're not watching Ole Miss football, but you hear Lane Kiffin, Jackson Dart, you think that's exactly, that's what the offense is. It's Lane Kiffin just putting the keys to Jackson Dart and letting him just do whatever it wants. But when you actually watch these games, Lane Kiffin is so set on making sure that we're running the football effectively first and then allowing Jackson Dart that opens up a passing game that you can do. I, I wanted to look at a stat here. Every game that Ole Miss has won, they've ran for over 150 yards, except for one. And there have only been two games total where they haven't run for over 100, let alone 150. And it was their win against Tulane, where they ran for 86 yards. And then it was their loss to Alabama, where they lost, where they ran for like 54, 56 yards. So what you have to do first and foremost is you have to stop that run game, which I will say as the season's progressed a little bit, Auburn's found a way to get more pressure and get more pressure. And that front seven continuously has improved week by week. So the first thing you got to do is you've got to shut down, not just um, uh, Quinshawn Junkins. You've got to shut down Ulysses Bennett. He's been on fire the past few weeks. Uh, he averaged, I think against Arkansas, I was looking at it, he's averaged, he averaged like 7.2 yards of run. He was just a home run hitter against uh, Arkansas and against LSU too. Um, so what you have to do, is stop that run game. I think first and foremost, if you're Ole Miss or if you're uh, Auburn, sorry, and let Jackson Dart beat you, which he has all the capabilities of doing. But when he has, when he doesn't have those running backs to uh, fall back on, it adds a lot more pressure and it can cause big mistakes as the game progresses. So, and and Dolan, I'll let you jump in here in a second. Uh, you, you mentioned that that Ole Miss has been so intentional. And, and 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 establishing the run game. Hashtag establish it. We, we've heard that a time or two. Or run the damn ball. I'm a big proponent of that one as well. But how does Auburn make sure that they force Ole Miss into being one-dimensional? 
And 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 I I know you mentioned that almost has won a ball game without rushing for was 150 is that number you gave me? Yeah. Without rushing for 150, but they've also they're 500 in games that they don't rush rush for 150 yards. Mm-hmm. How do you force Jackson Dart to being one dimensional? And that does not mean that Jackson Dart still can't beat you over the top. But how does Auburn do that? You get him. You get Ole Miss into early passing down situations. Let me mean that. Get him into a second and nine. Get him into a third and seven. Like get him into situations where he has to use everything in his power to get that first down. Because if you play up front and you play tight and you force him to have to make a play, then, you know, if he makes a play, he makes a play. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it. But if you find ways to get them into, especially early on in the game, if you find them to get ways to where Jackson Dart has to throw it on a third and seven or a second and nine or something like that, just those examples, that's going to help you out because it's hard to do that. It's easy on first down to get a four-yard pass and then you can establish some other things on second down and third down, it's harder whenever it's third and seven and you have to get seven yards or else you're punting or you're taking a field goal or you're, you're missing out on points. Not necessarily with Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, Big four down goers. Yeah, but that's kind of my keys to it is, is if you can get him early on into passing down situations where you don't want to be a passing down situation if you're Ole Miss, that can go a long way for Auburn, especially – if it keeps that crowd and that defense and that momentum just flowing. Absolutely. Dylan, I'm, I'm going to let you open up your thoughts here about the, the chances that this Auburn defense stands at slowing down this Ole Miss offense. Yeah, you got to play complementary defense. Uh, you got to shut down the run. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, uh, me and Daniel. And I brought up how this is going to be a big game for Larry Nix in the third. Uh, it's, it's a game where you're playing a team that's very run-oriented. Uh, Larry Nixon is a guy you brought in to stuff the run. Uh, it's something that the defense struggled a lot with last year. It's something that defense has found from times where they just weren't able to do this year. And if Larry Nixon can't stuff the run like he's supposed to, that's gonna it's, it's gonna be tough because this this defensive line has struggled to stop the run at times and uh, plugging holes and everything. But if you can stop if you can stuff the run, Jackson Dart has played well enough this year to where he's dodged some critiques but i've never been high on jackson dart and i think if you if you force him to pass the ball he's going to make mistakes and this auburn secondary has been very good at forcing quarterbacks to make mistakes dj james jalen simpson guys like that have 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 had a field day getting interceptions and making plays against quarterbacks who are forced to throw the ball down the field whenever they can't run the ball and i think it just comes down to can this ron roberts defense Stuff the run, stop Quinshawn, stop Ulysses. Just all those factors have to play into the fact you have to force Jackson Dart to throw the ball. Yeah, I think you you have to force Jackson Dart into mistakes. But the the big question here is can Auburn generate turnovers? Um, I I think that that's for me the the number one key. You got to get, you got to play complimentary defense, of course, but that absolutely involves forcing Ole Miss to either put the ball on the ground or or throw throw the ball to somebody wearing wearing a navy blue shirt. And and I, I think that. I think you need two turnovers to stay in this ball game. I really do, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. And it's going to serve as a nice little pivot over to the let's look at the Auburn offense here um, and that old Miss defense, fellas. I'm going to be completely transparent and candid with you, and I think that this is a common theme. And I'm not. This is not ground shattering. I'm not claiming this to be my, you know, my idea. I'm the first one to ever discover this. But as is the case in a lot of football games this year, as essentially every Auburn game this year, I don't think that this game is 
as focused on the Auburn defense or the Ole Miss offense as much as it is, or even the Ole Miss defense for that matter, the Auburn offense. I think that that is your focal point. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, and I think very few people that are actually watching Auburn ball uh, would doubt the fact that Auburn's defense can at least keep you in a ball game. It's the fact that the Auburn's offense given them no time to breathe, and they're also just not scoring points. Now, Ole Miss allowing opponents on average 23.83, call it 24 points a game. That feels like a ceiling um, to some degree for this for this Auburn team because they just seem to get trapped right there in that range. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Dylan. So I get you some nice little stats about this whole Miss defense, if you yeah. like. Open, open, open. Let's open it up there. All right, so this whole Miss defense, I'm going to give you the NCAA ranking and the SEC ranking. They are currently allowing 261.5 yards per game through the, through the air. That's going to, it's good for 110th in college football and 10th in the SEC. Rush defense are along 126 yards per game, 46th in the country, 8th in the SEC. They're, they have 22 sacks on the season, which is good for 5th in the country and 4th in the SEC, and same for sacks per game at 3.67. Uh, they're tied with Utah, who is very good at defense. Uh, they forced nine turnovers a game, or they forced nine turnovers all season, which is good for 61st in the country, tied for 5th with Bama and Georgia uh, in the SEC. So, not a big stat there, really, because those two defenses are very good for Bama and Georgia. Uh, they're allowing 388.3 yards per game, which is 80th in the country, 10th in the SEC. And like you said, 23 allowing 23.8 points per game, which is fit, tied for 57th in the country and 9th in the SEC. And I just want to point out, 110th in the pass defense, LSU ranked 100, ranks 114th. So there's your there's your underwhelming numbers, John. I'm going to let you talk a little bit about what, is, what does the Ole Miss defense do well, question mark? Um, and, and, and what can Auburn really exploit? You've heard the numbers that Dylan just laid out in front of you, but let's, let's not, let's operate under the assumption that Peyton Thorne is the Auburn starting quarterback and will play for four quarters on Saturday. Let's operate there and move forward. I have those stats too. Yeah, I, um, it's actually funny. It was one of my, my notes here, uh, before, uh, Dylan's pointed out, but one thing that, that Ole Miss does really well is they generate pressure, um, with their defensive line. Their defensive line's really good. Uh, they get pressure a lot, and it comes in sacks. They also are very creative with blitzes. Um, I want to look specifically at their game last week against Arkansas, and it was closer of a game than you would have wanted. Um, and a lot of it was really, really bad penalties. They took some stupid penalties. They allowed a lot of plays that should have stopped, and they let it keep going. Their first drive for Arkansas which should have been a three and out, and it turned into like a 15-yard touchdown – or 15-play uh, drive for a touchdown, sorry. Ole Miss uh, averaging 65 yards a game in penalties, by the way. Yeah, that's and that's one of their big things that they have to correct, um, especially whenever you are going to go to a game like this where it's loud and the emotions are high and the energy is high and the intensity is really high. But one thing that Ole Miss does really well on defense is they're very creative with their blitzes. They're going to rush four pretty much every single time with their defensive linemen, but they're going to sneak in their Will linebacker or their Sam, or they're going to bring in a box safety. Um, one thing they do – I saw this against Arkansas a lot, is they try to time the snap. They love to try to get a step or two ahead with their um, with their outside rusher, whether it's a safety or a linebacker, or even a corner a couple times. They love to try to time it. So one thing that you can do if you're Auburn, go to a long, hard count. Get, them, get a snap on two or on three and try to get them, not to necessarily jump. If you get them to jump off sides, awesome. 
But what you can do is, is if you have a safety that you see coming in and they're going to blitz and they try to take those few steps right before you snap it, if you don't snap it, if it's a hike, but it's a, a, a fake count that you're going to two, all of a sudden he has to pull back. The second that he pulls back as a safety, snap the football because then he's out of momentum. He has to go from going backwards to reset at zero and then move forward. Especially if you're going to run to that side or you're going to play onto that side, your offensive linemen have a huge advantage over that because now they're having to go from a negative and try to get to positive in terms of their forward momentum. And your offensive linemen are starting at zero and they're moving forward positive. So snaps like that. Um, another thing that Auburn's offense needs to do, I saw this against uh, Arkansas, which I will also say too, uh, Sam Pittman finds ways to keep these games against Ole Miss close. I don't know why. But these games, Arkansas Ole Miss is always such a weird, weirdly close game. Um, KJ Jefferson and this offense did a really good job of small little dunks and dives. Um, just small little passes to their slot receiver, five yards that turns into eight, or a three-yard slant to a tight end, or three-yard out route that turns into a five-yard touchdown. Just stuff like that, small little plays that just keep the drive going and going and going. Um, so if you're Auburn, regardless of who your quarterback is, uh, utilize guys like Rivaldo Fairweather, utilize guys like Jay Fair, and get them in just small passing situations, but where it's just a constant rhythm of four yards here, six yards here, five yards here, and just keep driving. You don't have to get 80 yards all at once. If you get 80 yards in eight plays, that's you know that's better than nothing. It's also probably better for Auburn because you want to play, and I say this every single week now, fellas, you want to play a giant game of keep away with the, from the Ole Miss offense. And it's just like when you were playing backyard football and you were, you played, you remember you playing keep away to see how long you can, you could stall the other team from getting the ball from you. Um, there's another name for that, but I won't say it on the podcast. Um, but Dylan's cracking up. Uh, yeah. It's kind of not dissimilar at all. The clock is Auburn's like second biggest enemy. In my opinion, I think there's a clear number one enemy, but um, and, and that's the inconsistency uh, at the quarterback and offensive unit but the second biggest enemy of auburn is probably the clock right now just in terms of just not having bodies so i like what you said there john take it 80 yards in eight minutes take seven five six seven minute drives there's absolutely nothing wrong matter of fact there's a lot of things right with that you let your defense breathe let them get rested give them time to prepare before they get back on the field something that they've not seen for a while shockingly since the georgia game that's a weird statement anyways that's a real statement i said um, and they weren't on off the field very much in the Georgia game, neither here nor there. But it's also another great opportunity. You talked about those like three, four, five yard dump offs. Um, this is a great opportunity to get Brian McTee involved, fellas. I, I really do. I think so. Um, and get him out in the flat, just kind of those little rollout dump offs. Whoever, regardless of like you said, John, regardless of who's playing quarterback, that feels like an awesome opportunity for them. That being said, there is an elephant in this room of tigers uh, on the Auburn offense, and it is the quarterback position. Uh, from what Dylan mentioned earlier, uh, you know, yes, Dylan. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say to your point about the time being an important enemy, Auburn has won the time of possession in one game this season, correct? That's that was, that was against uh, Anna in a game that Auburn found themselves in for no reason, anyways. I'm not, I'm not going back down that avenue. That being said, let's let, let's address it. And, and Dylan, I know that you're very firmly that that Peyton Thorne should not be starting at Auburn, and I, I this week, and I and I don't necessarily disagree with you. That being said, if he is the guy, 
that that is going to play for 60 minutes on Saturday. 60 minutes plus. Who knows? It's Ole Miss and it's a night game. Things get weird. All right. There has got to be some kind of continuity and also, at the same time, diversity in play calling. There has got to be something that resembles an offensive identity and does not just feel like, for lack of a better term, folks, you're just trying shit. It's not like, you know, ask Madden. That's not an option in this. It's real life football. Not, not, we're not playing Madden. You don't have Coach Adamas. Yep, that's right. How, and I'm, I'm going to start with John and I'm going to work back to you, Dylan. If Auburn is going to rock with Peyton Thorne all game, who has not been great at escaping sacks and Ole Miss, as you mentioned before, pretty good at putting the quarterback on the, on the ground and good at mixing up their blitzes. Or how, being a quarterback in general. <laughs> how can he? I guess, try to win back over the Auburn fan base for one, but more importantly, continue to move the ball down the field. For him, some of it is on – I actually have kind of two things about this. One, for Peyton Thorne, don't turn the ball over. Don't make stupid throws, right? If you have an open check down, throw it to the open check down. Don't look for the 20-yard bomb that you can't make to start with that. My big issue – and I, 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 don't, I haven't really mentioned this on the show, and I, haven't, I don't know that I've really talked about it before, but it's something I've noticed over the past couple weeks. As much as Peyton Thorne, yes, does struggle, there's no rhythm when this offense drives. Correct. In terms, and that's not Peyton Thorne's fault in, entirely. It's not Robbie Ashford's fault. It's not anyone's other's fault other than the guy who's calling the plays. And I see multiple drives where you are running the ball effectively or you're passing the ball effectively. And then you decide to make a complete 180 change. So if you're Auburn this week, yes, like you want Peyton Thorne to play well. You want Robbie Ashford to play well. Whoever quarterback is at this point, you know, I, I don't really care. Like I, I do want whoever gives you the best chance to win. I do think it probably is Robbie Ashford at this point. But whoever your quarterback is, you've got to make sure that they are in a rhythm and that if you're running the ball effectively or whatever you're doing well, don't stop it. Don't – there was a drive – I know Dylan mentioned it. I went back and saw it too when Robbie was in against LSU. And they were running the ball and they were attacking the ball effectively with Robbie Ashford. And then they swapped, they switched to Peyton Thorne. And it was incomplete pass, incomplete pass, sack. Yes, you don't want to take a sack if you're Peyton Thorne. You don't want to have those incomplete passes. What are you doing as an offensive coordinator to allow that to happen? What are you doing as a head coach to allow your offensive coordinator to do that? So for me, the biggest key on this offense Get a rhythm and get it going. I haven't seen one yet this season. And maybe the few times there have been a rhythm, guess what? You've played it really close. You played it really close against Georgia. You played it good in your non-conference games. Get a rhythm. That's what I want to see more than anything else. Have a rhythm and don't switch out of it. If you're running the ball effectively or Robbie Ashford's doing really good in little you know, dunk dives or Peyton Thorne's doing really well with some little check downs, then don't stop it. You know, If it's not broken, don't fix it. This is a little bit bolstering my point at the beginning of the season. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Dylan, your piece. And if you have one good quarterback, bench him and see what happens. That, that's how Auburn's currently. Good is such a word, but continue. Better. I'm sorry. Let me say better. Let's let's just be. Let's let just. Wait, let me wait before till, you go on. Before me, you go on. Let me wait till Robbie proves me right to you. Before you go on. There's not. A single quarterback on this, a single good quarterback on this damn roster. We don't know that yet. We do. I don't think 
We do. We absolutely, unequivocally do. If know. if Robbie Ashford was that good, he would have won the starting job in, in, in the spring. Sure as hell would have won it in the fall. Do I think Robbie Ashford gives you the best chance to win football games right now? Hell yes. Absolutely. But let's not get lost in the sauce. And I think I'm going to have to start saying this on every show to try to keep people in check. And by people, I do mean you, Dylan. I love you, buddy. Auburn will be portal shopping this offseason for a quarterback. A good quarterback. And this is no me preying on Robbie Ashford's downfall. This is no me hating on Robbie Ashford. I would love for Robbie Ashford to take the reins and run with it and win six games coming down the stretch. Finish nine and three, go to like, what, a sugar bowl? Have fun. I'm here for that. Absolutely. Beating Alabama, hell yes, sign me up. There's not a good quarterback on this roster. There is a serviceable one, and his number is nine. His name is Robbie Ashford. Continue, Dylan. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm I have a graphic that I'm going to be posting at uh, 9:30. So after you get done watching this, go to Twitter and Instagram and go like, comment on on the post, comparing the fact that if if Peyton Thorne continues the trajectory that he is currently on throughout the last six games of the season, Peyton Thorne is going to have 1,490 passing yards, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, and 12 starts with a top five portal class with the quarterback guru at coach, with an improved offensive line, because he brought in a lot of dudes, and an improved, in quotes again, wide receiver core, because he brought in a lot of dudes there. Last year, Robbie Ashford, 1,600 passing yards, and one less touchdown, one less reception, seven and seven, and only nine starts, with a only a top 30 class, top, I think it's 26, a potato at head coach, and a god-awful offensive line, and a god-awful wide receiver core. Robbie Ashford's number one target last year was Darius Johnson, who is currently wide receiver five on this team. I don't understand a world where you allow that to happen as a offensive minded coach and like bring up that drive that brings me so much pain that John already brought up that drive where you watched Robbie Ashford storm the, I don't want to say storm the field, but move the ball 28 yards down the field, something we had not seen all night to that point. And then you're, and then yes, Phil Montgomery is calling the plays. They have to go through Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze can say no. That's the person having an offensive minded coach or the offensive coordinator. You can say no to the plays. I don't understand a world where you have that momentum going and then you ruin it. Something's going on that we don't know about. And I, I don't understand why in the world you would settle for, I don't care if it's your one. You should never settle for a game like that ever again. And you should not settle for it going forward. That's why I think Robbie Ashford should start. But it's a question, what does Peyton Thorne need to do? Yeah. Play well? Is that the question? That's where we started. Yeah. Uh, I have – I have that rant's going to be a weekly thing until Robbie Ashford either proves me wrong or proves me even more right. That's that's how long it's going to be. Uh, but looking at the defenses that Auburn has played against this year, uh, UMass, Cal, Sanford, A&M, Georgia, and LSU, uh, only one of one of those games is the P5 team that, uh, that Peyton Thorne threw for 102 yards on. And looking at the defense, the quarterbacks that Ole Miss's defense played up against, uh, the best game they've had they've given up was to Jaden Daniels, who threw for 414 yards and ran for 99, uh, five total touchdowns. And then Haynes King also had 307 yards in, against Ole Miss's defense. Peyton Thorne's going to have to find a way to pass the ball. Peyton Thorne currently is 107th 
in the country and 14th in the SEC in passing yards per game. And he's currently 121st and 15th in the SEC in passing yards. Last game against LSU, there were multiple plays that went by where Peyton Thorne ignored the check down. Sometimes even another check down. Or sometimes in the same play, four wide open receivers on fourth and five and decided to run it out of bounds after running for three. I'm just saying, there's a certain guy who wears an odd-numbered jersey, a single digit, who would have laid his body on the line getting that first down on fourth Peyton and five. Peyton Thorne also wears an odd single-numbered jersey, by the way. You're right. That's a stupid point. Guy wearing number nine. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Let's just say that. Let me, that let me rephrase. Okay. Yeah. He needs to pass the ball. He needs to make reads. He needs to do everything that he has not done already this year. Yeah. I, I think we put a nice bow on that. And we spent 30 minutes previewing this one. So it's about time we jump over to our picks. We'll start with Mr. John Conley, Mr. Six and Four. Love you, buddy. <laughs> um, and let's get our let's get our pick for Ole Miss at Auburn. 6 p.m. kickoff under the lights at Jordan Hare Stadium. Quite frankly, I think Auburn invented lights and eagles and swag surfing. Uh, we've established that here on the college loop. And, and walking out, holding like arms over each other. And... Yeah, and and probably the color orange and blue. And um, actually, grass fields, uh, goal lines, uh, field goals. Yeah. Yeah, Auburn invented all these things. We know this. So Fresh your prediction for Ole Miss, <laughs> Rebel, Black Bears, Generals, whatever, at the Auburn War Eagle Tigers, University of Auburn War Eagles. Yeah. So first off, you guys called me Mr. Six and Four. I called me Mr. Bowling. So just say <laughs> you, know, you, you, you take – However you want to take it, I'm going bowling, regardless. Of, That's right. You're you're record. going bowling. Absolutely. Can't deny that. Um, with that being said, uh, for Auburn, I mean, you have to have a, a really good offensive game that I don't think we we haven't seen yet this year, uh, just to be quite frank. You need a really good offensive game. You need to slow down this rushing attack. I really don't think you're going to hit on either of those. You might hit on one of them, um, and I'd pick the latter. Uh, with that being said, though, uh, I, I do have Ole Miss winning this. It's my first time I've, I've picked Auburn to not win the game. Um, and I think it's it's going to look very similar to the LSU game. Uh, I have 42-20 Ole Miss. Yeah, that's perks of you picking Auburn games for UMass, Sanford, and Cal. Cal may just sweat it out, though. Cal may just sweat it out. It's true. Uh, I'm going to go Ole Miss 44-26. There's a world Auburn keeps this one close. Hell, there's always a world the, the underdog wins the ballgame. Auburn needs to, number one, focus on beating Ole Miss. Don't focus on beating Auburn. They do that a lot. And you can aim and, somewhere besides your own foot. What would you say? I said you can aim somewhere else besides your own exactly. foot. Exactly. Quit shooting yourself in the foot. Don't get behind. For the love of God, don't get behind the damn sticks. Don't do it. I will pull my hair out, and I've been working on these locks for a long time. And don't make mental mistakes. I'm not going to murder someone over a turnover as long as you're not making a mental mistake. And if I can look and say someone's trying to make a play, I can live with that. Don't beat Auburn. Beat Ole Miss. Don't. Yeah, this game has been wild and around in my head for for months now uh at least two weeks uh, at the bare minimum uh and you have no idea how badly i want to throw these bad boys on and convince myself that you the auburn tigers skip this part the auburn tigers are going to go out there and beat old mess a team that auburn doesn't lose to in my lifetime or just in anyone's lifetime 
35 and 11 all time, by the way, in case you were not aware. Uh, I have two different paths that this game could go into. It all comes down to Hugh Freeze's hubris. I ha- If Peyton Thorne starts the entire game and we see what we've been seeing all year long, I have Ole Miss winning 35-17. to 17. And I think the game could get even uglier. Uh, but if you f- put Ashford in the majority of the time and you slow the game down for Ole Miss, I think Auburn still loses, but I think it's a heck of a lot closer. I also, if Ashford plays, I think Auburn loses 27-24. I don't hate that. I, I I don't hate the prediction. Um, I, I think the, the moral of the story is um, Ole Miss is probably coming into Jordan-Hare Stadium and taking down Auburn this week. Um, so Auburn fans, go ahead and brace for that if you've not already come to terms with that. There's your prediction for the first time in like four weeks where I was not booging a little bit. Yeah. No. Well, it's hard to book in times like these. Yeah. Uh, so if like, Who needs an enemy? <laughs> that's, that being said, Mr. Conley, it's been a delight so far having you. We're going to get you on the back half of the show real quick. But before we do so, I'm going to tell everybody about the most amazing T-shirt on planet Earth. Dylan, if you'll throw it up on the screen for me real quick. If you're watching the YouTube stream, it's right there. The Feeling Loopy T-shirts. They're $25 on thewarreport.com, www.thewarreport.com. The College Loop War Report Podcast Network, co-branded Feeling Loopy T-shirt. Comes in five colorways. Most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. Does not shrink in the wash. Does not. Does not fade in the wash. Does not come off. Cannot recommend it enough my favorite shirt in my closet dylan's favorite shirt in his closet everyone that owns one says it's their favorite shirt in the closet if you purchase the t-shirt make sure you put it on yourself your dog i don't know the skeleton you have for halloween decorations in your front yard use hashtag feeling loopy throw it up on twitter we'll make sure we throw it up on the next stream you that'd, guys that'd be a great meme contest thing kind of that'd be awesome dylan after watching another robbie ashford let's drive and it's just a skeleton wearing the feeling loopy shirt just sitting <laughs> I, uh, for the TV. I, I will say i got a little uh bonus check from work today so there might be a, a 25 dollars purchase happening that's what we love to hear yeah. or that's hear me out to. you go ahead and drop the 125 dollars <laughs> and get all five colorways <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. So while you guys are while, while we're stepping away from talking our picks really really quickly we're gonna get right back into our picks i promise i'm not gonna bug y'all very very much longer but if you're watching on the youtube stream and you're checking out the feeling loopy shirt or you say mm, i don't really have the 25 dollars right now it's not in the cards totally get it absolutely understand the number one way you guys can support us is absolutely free. Just make sure you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on any other platform, make sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, whatever smiley face, whatever platform you're working on. If you're watching on the YouTube stream, also drop your comments. Give us your score predictions for Auburn versus Ole Miss. Give us your th- your takes on the quarterback situation, what Auburn can do to win this game, what Ole Miss can do to lose this game, and how, how I don't know, what's uh, how was your week? I don't know. Throw that in the, in the group chat, uh, in, the, in, the, in the comments as well. And don't forget to mention uh, if you get the closest prediction, you get your name thrown up on the on on the screen for the next episode. Uh, shout right. out, shout out, Bubba Watkins for being the first winner of that. That's despite right. Close, the fact that it was just a loss. The uh, the college loop version of the closest to the pin contest. So uh, yep. yes, very 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 much appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for your ongoing support. Make sure, like I said, like subscribe, ring the bell. It, it, the reason we tell you to ring the bell so you can stay up to date with all the latest content. We're putting out content, content, content. And we're going to continue putting out this content right here, right now, because it's time to go. We usually are inside the loop, but sometimes we just have to step outside the loop. Yes, Tar, open it up. We are here every every week. We like to talk about Auburn athletics, but there's a couple of minutes where we like to go a little outside of the Auburn sphere and pick 10 non-Auburn games, some SEC, some non-SEC. Uh, and if if you're looking for consistency, you can't find it with the Auburn offense, but you can find it with Mr. John Lee down here, who has had two weeks where he has gone 
six and four. The only one of our guests to not go seven and three. <laughs> yeah, to kick a man while he's down. That's crazy. He's going bowling. Yeah. I remember whenever he came up to week two, we had a clear, we had a one number one guy. It was Mr. Johnny Deppin uh, from UMass who went seven and three. And then, and walks John Lee going six and four back to back weeks. And then we had Cade Harris and Hunter Mitchell going seven and three. And then Owen Warden going seven and three. And then Peter Radicus go also going seven and three. It's <laughs> unbelievable. If you're a guest on the loop not named John Conley, it's seven and three for you. <laughs> yeah, but I will say the Gasparilla Bowl has never looked more handsome. <laughs> I can't. I cannot agree more, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, just to get started, we have. There's a lot of great games to watch this weekend, outside of the Auburn Ole Miss game. And starting off, I mean, you doesn't get much better than number seven Penn State traveling to Columbus, Ohio, to take on the number three Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State is a four and a half point favorite. And John Lee, you got it. Um. I think I'm going to go with Ohio State on this. I think this is a win that, as much as that they don't that they don't need because they they are number three and they have a chance to even if they lose this game they can go beat Michigan. Will they? Probably not. But I think you win this game. It's at home. It's in the it's uh, at the horseshoe. Um, I think you can you can walk away with this one. Buckeyes cover. Mm. Well, if you know me, I've been very high on Penn State. Yeah, your future national champions right here. Yep. Uh, I've been very high on Penn State all year. I, I still stand by my predictions, have them in the playoffs. Uh, I'm still going to I'm gonna rock Penn State here. I think they're the better team overall, better defense. Uh, and to see their off, their offense has been very good in the run, run game. Drew Aller, I think he's going to be able to show off a little bit through the past game. And you know what's funny? I'm a child, by the way. I'm doing it just by the way I'm doing the pickums. <laughs> it just says poo. <laughs> so I'm 23. I swear. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to be rocking with Penn State here. And up next, throwing it to the SEC, we have a battle for who's going to finish seventh in the West. Auburn's still pending. Uh, Mississippi <laughs> State at Arkansas. Arkansas is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in Razorback Stadium. John Lee, yours. Um, give me Arkansas. Make it two. And – Make it three. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, you know, Penn State, very, very much not a good team. Uh, but, uh, not a good coach. It's Will Rogers needs an air raid really badly. <laughs> Quit Quite running badly. the ball so much. Uh, and then now to go back to the Pac twelve, to go to the Pac twelve, not back to the Pac twelve. Uh, to the Pac twelve, we got Wazoo traveling to Eugene, Oregon, the number nine ranked Bo Nix led Oregon Ducks. Uh, Oregon is currently a 20-point favorite, but this could be a nice little sneaky game. This Washington State offense is really good. Mm -hmm. I uh, I love Cam Ward. I think what Washington State's been doing has been fun, and it's been really cool. And uh, it, it wouldn't quite be the Pac-12 without something like Washington State beating Oregon and just ruining a playoff chance for the Ducks. Once that's, still alive. Um, that's still alive. Uh, with that being said, though, go ahead and give me uh, give me Dan Lanning in the Ducks. Bo and the Quack Attack to cover. I will also be rocking with my projected Heisman winner, Bo Nix. And in case you're wondering what it's what the last two have, have spelled out, it's Ah and Ooh. I hate uh, in you. Case, in case you're wondering. 
<laughs> but I, I said the Wazoo thing. Uh, they had a very poor showing. Uh, this game could get very close. I think you're, you put Wazoo in kind of a wounded animal mode, if I do say so myself. Yeah. And now for one of the rivalries of all time, uh, number 17, Tennessee travels to Bryant-Denny Stadium to take on the number 11, Alabama uh the, the, whatever they whatever they call themselves in a game after Tennessee broke a 15 year losing streak. Yep, John. And uh they're not adding a winning streak to their record. Uh give me go ahead and give me Saban and Bama. Yeah, I shouldn't do this, but you rocky top. Wish that I was on old Rocky Top. Bama needs another loss. Uh, so I was talking to a good friend of the show, Mr. Alex Barker, about this game. And uh, due to some Twitter comments I've gotten from some old Rocky Toppers, I have decided that it'd be hilarious if Tennessee lost this game, but it'd be awesome if Alabama lost this game. Uh, but the more realistic option is the funnier option. Uh, and because they think that they're the premier rivalry for Alabama, uh, I'm going to pick Alabama in this game strictly because Tennessee fans have annoyed me to no end. So, won't be a lot of Rocky Top and 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 Trash Town USA. That is the other side of the state. And Tar, you ruined my chance to go ah again. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Well, keep it in the SEC. You got Beamer Ball traveling to Columbia, Missouri, to take on the Missouri Tigers. Missouri is currently a seven and a half point favorite. Missouri, a I don't want to say a quiet six and one, but they're six and one. Yeah. They are here. Good old, uh, good old broken femur Beamer over there. Uh, <laughs> I know he didn't break his femur, broke his foot, but uh, I'll that's way funnier. It's yeah. way, it's good for the line. For the yeah. round. I, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna go with the Tigers. Uh, I I really like Missouri. Their offense is rolling, and I don't really like Shane Beamer, so we're gonna go with uh, Missouri. Shane Beamer is going to need him an ice-cold Eli Drinkowicz after this game because the Tigers are going to cover. Uh, Do you like that, John? I, li- I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to go Mizzou here. Uh, I mean, if they could – I don't think they have the talent for it. I don't want to talk about it yet. Nope. Okay. Nope. I'll, We're I'll not, we, not yet. Give, give me another week. All right. Uh, I, I understand. I understand. I'm not mentally cap- capable of, of having that discussion yet because I'm almost banking on it now. <laughs> Well, due to some unforeseen for consent, uh, for uh, oh my lord, words. All right, unforeseen so, circumstances. Unforeseen circumstances. There we go. Uh, cut that <laughs> the flubbing out. Uh, Mizzou could find themselves in a particular situation that no one expected them to be in. Not saying anything yet, uh, but I'll be rocking with the Mizzou Tigers here in this game. I don't think Spencer Rattler felt that great of a quarterback, and I think that's going to be <laughs> very fortuitous in this game. Now, to uh, celebrate one of our longtime listeners of the show, Teresa, we're going to predict the UTSA Roadrunners, Meet Meep, who are a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the formerly led by Lane Kiffin, uh, Florida Atlantic Owls, one of the, I believe, three teams in the FBS who are... Sweet Owls. jerseys. Really sweet Miami jerseys. They, they look good last week. Anyways, that's my whole take. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm gonna go. This is this is a, a a hometown pick for me uh, with FAU. Uh, Chad Lunsford, their special teams coordinator, was uh, the head football coach at Georgia Southern when I was there as a freshman. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, with the boys. They're gonna be winning in paradise, as the hashtag goes for FAU. So give me the owls. 
Did uh did FA, FAU lost last week, right? Yeah, I uh, know they beat yeah. USF. Yeah. Wait, I thought who was playing FIU? Uh Sam Houston. Well, they played them like on Tuesday. Yeah, and they and Sam Houston having a very rough start to their uh to their, their, uh, their FBS. Yeah, start. They're very they're 0 and 7, 0 and 4. They're not having a good time, no. No. Unlike um, James Madison. That's right. James Madison's having a blast in year two. Uh, I think FIU beat um UTEP. UTEP, that's right. Yeah, that game was the horrendous jerseys that UTEP wore, right? The camo ones. Those were bad. Um UTSA this game. That's just yeah. We were just talking about random teams in Texas and also Florida. But yeah, I'm taking UTSA just for the sake of we love loopers. Meep meep. <laughs> I don't care who they're playing. I'll probably pick them to either cover or win straight up. It doesn't matter who, they, who it is. Speaking of camo, I don't know if y'all saw this. It's kind of off topic. Uh, for, uh, LSU has camo end zones. Dude, it's crazy. There's not even end zones on the field. Dude, I wish they had that last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know how awesome it would be if Jane Daniels couldn't see the end zone? It would be awesome. <laughs> Where was that at? Okay. Well... Uh, now to go to one of Mr. John Lee's favorite teams in college football. We're going to throw it to the Mountaineers of Appalachian State <laughs> as they travel to Virginia to take on Old Dominion. App State's currently a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Does John do it? I, I don't I don't want to be. Six-and-a-half. are shaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Give me the Six and four. There we go. Boone. Make it two. And make it three. He said, I, <laughs> he said, I don't want to. I'm right here. <laughs> let's, let's get a go Mountaineers on three. Y'all ready? Yeah. One, no. two, three. <laughs> John right. has suddenly shot the bird to the YouTube stream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now. To go back to a ranked matchup, we got the number 16 Duke Blue Devils as a, a Riley Leonardless Duke Blue Devils as they travel to Tallahassee, Florida to take on the number four Florida State Seminoles. Um, hmm. Even with Riley Leonard, I was going to pick Florida State, but uh, and it would have been a closer game, I think, but give me, give me the Noles. Florida State looks so beatable, but it's not going to be Duke. Mm-hmm. They look so freaking beatable. I don't know if y'all caught any of the VT game two weeks ago, but I was like, what are you doing, Florida State? They just let them back in, three unanswered scores, and then I was kind of praying on their downfall. I was extremely praying on their downfall, and then they still won. They are the luckiest SOBs in college football this year, which is eerily similar to them in 2014. But they're going to win this game. They're going to cover, and I don't know who's going to stop them, but someone has to. <laughs> Uh, I'm also gonna be rocking with Florida State team. I'm also very high on this year that Tar can't stand that I've that I've been right about them. Uh, you, just, you just are riding with the most unlikable teams in college football. It's unbelievable. What are you talking about? Name four. Huh? You ride with Clemson, USC. Let me think. Michigan. No, I don't ride with Michigan. What are you talking about? You've been very pro Michigan. Michigan's good. You've been very pro Michigan. Michigan has like we're not going there. But and Texas. I don't I hate Texas. Did what you are you talking about? I'm trying to remember what you picked to go No, absolutely not. I did not. No, pick no you picked him to win the you picked him to win the Big 12. Yes, I don't sniff glue. <laughs> just... Usually. <laughs> All right. Well, now to go to one of the unlikable teams that Tar has supported over the over this season. 
Uh, the number 14 Utah Utes traveled to uh, SoCal. They got the 18th ranked defenseless USC Trojans. I'll start here, John. Back-to-back losses for USC. I, I, I'm thinking we're go the same way. Give me the Utes. I'm just going to spell out Ute across the board because they're all U's. So is, is Cam Rising back? I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters either. A decent defense just shuts down USC, and USC doesn't have the off doesn't have the defense to shut down US, USC's a high school team. USC is only lagging behind because Caleb Williams doesn't want to be a Chicago Bear, <laughs> and I don't blame him. <laughs> I honestly think if they did scrimmage game versus modern day, modern day would probably score some points against this USC defense. It's that bad. I don't know about modern day, but IMG for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> either really St. John Bosco. <laughs> My, IMG clears all of them, but yes, continue. Oh yeah, I th- well isn't modern day like the highest ranked high school? That's only because, like, IMG's only allowed to play, like, 10 schools in the world because of how they operate. Fair point. Fair point. It, which is, like, fair. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, too, would do that. They're banned from 14 states, <laughs> including 14? Florida. Which 14? I, I, I don't know. I, I know I got, Georgia, I got, Georgia I got and Alabama are two of them. They played in, they played against Auburn last As year. soon as the Auburn game happened, the state of Alabama was like, no more. I swear to God, Brother. Auburn's not even the best high school in the in the state. Let him play like Thompson. Yeah, I know. Continue. That's crazy. Well, Tar, the last game on this on the docket is a hilarious game for me and you, because it's two teams that me and you very were very openly high on to start off this year, and now both of them are four and two and unranked. As the Clemson Tigers, who are three point favorite, travel to an empty Miami stadium to take on the Miami Hurricanes. Hard rock, baby. This is a seven o'clock kick. And John Lee, your pick. Can I? I'd rather make the pick for the Miami of Ohio game than just <laughs> here. Um, golly. Miami? Maybe? Yeah. It can't happen every time I pick them. <laughs> It just yes, it can't. Um, I gotta start putting. I, I gotta start putting Clemson on all of these pickums. <laughs> they go. They can go four and eight. They can go four and eight. <laughs> they can't lose every time I take them. Right? Like, yeah, Clemson. <laughs> and with that pick, I have solidified that I'll be taking the Miami Hurricanes in this game. <laughs> Strictly because of Mr. Harrison Tars. Just so you and I can both go eight and two. <laughs> and I'll be uh, buying my tickets for Boca Raton. <laughs> uh, you're kidding yourself, John. You get the Birmingham Bowl. Hell yeah, brother. I got a place you can stay. <laughs> I have a place you can go in the morning before the game. <laughs> This is the third time in like the last 10 shows that Dylan and I have referenced the Innisfree b- Pubs Bottomless Mimosas, but here we are. <laughs> hey, if we mention them enough. The They'll hook us up and sponsor the show. Dude, uh, if Auburn gets to the Birmingham Bowl, you think they'd let us do a pregame show? Oh, they would have to. Live? That'd if be Auburn awesome. goes to the Birmingham Bowl, we will live stream from Innisfree Pub while drinking mimosas. So as the show goes on, ask better questions. You'll get better <laughs> answers. 
You will. I can ain't, I can ain't pro- no promises to that. But I Tar- guarantee you, someone's gonna be like, Clemson's gonna be playing in like I don't know, like uh, what's like the out the the uh, not like uh, let's go with the Citrus Bowl. You're kidding um, yourself because they're on the they're on the uh, Pickums list for the entire season. No, I know someone's gonna be Clemson's gonna be playing in like the Citrus Bowl, and I'm gonna be like half a Mimosa Tower deep, and someone's gonna be like. Tar, I know you're taking Clemson again, and then I'm going to start crying in the middle of this pub. Tar, what you're forgetting is they're on the pickums for the rest of the year. That means they're not going bowling. They're going four and eight. <laughs> I see you to pick them versus Notre Dame in North Carolina. I'm not taking them against North, Notre Dame. I I cannot promise about North Carolina. <laughs> Drake may got the good zone. Before we get out of here, and before we send off our good friend John Conley, and once again, thank you for joining us again, buddy. Always, I do you like the call, call to the bullpen photo I sent you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's the he's the most uh, he's a true Renaissance man when it comes to ball, and we truly appreciate that. If you guys are around Auburn this weekend, heading down to the Plains for the Auburn Ole Miss contest Saturday night, plenty and uh, plenty, plenty, plenty of opportunities to go support other Auburn student athletes, and we highly encourage you to do so. Uh, if you want, if you're in town on Friday night, you can check out Equestrian, or I guess Friday afternoon. Equestrian will be taking on Georgia at the Auburn Equestrian Center over off of Wire Road. That's uh, three o'clock p.m. Um, so that's three in the afternoon. Then you can head over to the to the Nev Neville Arena and take, check out Auburn volleyball versus Missouri. That's a six p.m. Uh, tip off, so that'll be a fun one there. And then after the game on uh, Sunday, let's see if I read this correctly. I did correct. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Sunday afternoon, if, you get, if you're still around, you've got the opportunity to go back and check out volleyball at 1 p.m. They'll take on South Carolina. 2 p.m. Softball's got one of their two final matches, not matches, excuse me, games and fall ball against Gulf Coast State College. Then you can bounce over to the soccer complex at 4, check out a little bit of Auburn versus LSU, and bounce back to J.B. Moorefield. That's a short walk. They're right next to each other. So if you wanted to bounce back and forth, you absolutely could. And check out softball's final fall ball game against Wallace State Community College. Plenty of opportunities to go check out other student athletes and support the rest of the Auburn Tigers, something that we cannot encourage enough. We spent many, many, many a spring day jumping from Jane B. Moore to Plainsman Park and usually starting at Neville or ending at Neville Arena. So we cannot, we're, we're not just saying that. We, 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 we had a, we had an A day game. We went A day baseball. And did we have basketball after that or did we go? We went, so, we were somewhere after baseball. Did we not? A day baseball, softball. Yes. There we yeah. go. We, we've had many a day like that. Um, and, and that was actually the start of the Robbie Ashford train. That was. Uh, but we've had many a day like that. So we're not just telling you guys to do something we would never do. We've done many of what we coined the Auburn gauntlet, um, <laughs> which, John, if you can come with us for the spring, uh, Saturday in the spring sometime, the Auburn gauntlet is a it's a ride, and you, you would enjoy it. Or, or come with us during the winter, and we can wait outside for a basketball game. Yeah, that's fun, and freeze for six hours. I'm down. Um, just kidding. I buy normal people tickets now. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> that being said, thank you guys so much for your ongoing support. Um, and thank you, John, for hopping on the show today and being the absolute weapon that you are. Ball knowing weapon. Tell everybody where they can come hang out with you. Shoot their, send you your, their hot takes. I know you love reading those. Okay. And uh, where, where they can love, give you some love and support. All right. Well, you can find me on the, the happiest place on earth at John Lee 49. Um, <laughs> there. Uh some call it the bird app. I call it, you know, the least toxic place ever. Um, Elon's playground, yes. Yep. Yeah, Elon's playground. You can uh, find me there on um, Twitter, Instagram, um, whatever it is. I'm always John Lee 49 on all my platforms. So, yeah, feel free, interact. Uh, I love talking to people. I love uh, uh, chop and chop. John John Lee's ready for your hot takes, folks. So um, make sure you, you, you send them his way. 
Um, if, if they have to do with Robbie Ashford, hit up Dylan. But literally anything else, uh, John will have an answer. He knows ball. He knows ball. Before I get into my introductions, uh, or I guess outro, if you will, I want to make sure to thank everybody for watching the show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. I know I say it so much. I know you guys are sitting there going, Harrison, we get the picture, damn it. We understand. We've liked, subscribed, and we've rang the bell. But some of you just haven't. And, and that that hurts me. It hurts my soul because we want you all to join the Loop family. We're pushing really, really hard for 700 subs. You guys are the most supportive, best listeners in Colin all of college athletics. Yeah, Colin needs to eat. But you guys are the best listeners in all of college athletics. Best listeners for sure in the state of Alabama. I argue in the world. And you guys are the reason we get to put all this fun content out. Also, shout out and check out our guys over at the War Report and the Uptempo Podcast. You can find them right there. Their handles are no, dis no disguise. Dylan will tell you where to support us elsewhere. Drop your comments, score predictions. Don't forget that. Closest score, closest to the pen challenge, college loop version. We'll put that up on the show, whether that be Sunday or Monday after. Excuse me, Monday night as we record from the Tuesday it'll, show. It'll be the Tuesday show. Yeah, that's what, that's what I meant. We'll, we'll be too busy ranting on the Sunday show to get to That's that. right. I'm Harrison Tarr at By Harrison Tarr on the Bird app. If you want to come hang out with me there, it's also at By Harrison Tarr on Instagram. If you want to come check out my personal life, you can. It's just pictures of my girlfriend and my friends and I at games. Um, so, uh, that's pretty and much a, it. And it's surprising, uh, none of them really have me in it. Dylan, why don't you tell anybody where they can find us, love us, and support us? <laughs> you know what, Tar? I'll do that. If you want to see pictures of me and Tar, uh, and, and whenever we're around each other, you can go to my Instagram, at Dylan Lark, at D-Y-L-A-M-L-A-R-C-K. And of course, if you want to get me on the Bird app slash X app, you got me on, you have me at... At you, the tank at Y A B Y the tank, just right there. Also in the description below, where you can also tweet at me your terrible takes. Uh, I, Damn, couple... I really don't have any pictures of Dylan on my Instagram. That's crazy. It's wild. Uh, we've we've you, I've even had pictures of you that I've that have been on your Instagram that I've liked, where you are within twenty feet of me. All right, continue to plug, please. <laughs> no, I'm gonna let it sulk. <laughs> I'm just gonna let it sit there. But yeah, of course, I've also had some Tennessee fans over the past few days who think that their rivalry isn't even in the top three biggest in the SEC, which is wild to me. And and I also like to push people's buttons. And if you want to throw your Robbie Asher takes at me, I'm also very active on there talking about that. But if you want to follow us here on the College Loop, you have us literally everywhere. You have us right here on YouTube, which is like, comment, subscribe, leave your predictions again because you can find your way on the show. And of course, you have us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, slash uh, Twitter, slash x the works on that matter as it is and if you're tired of watching the video i completely understand if you but if you do like watching tar squirm because he doesn't take pictures with me at all for his instagram you can go watch the listen to the audio version on spotify our podcast google podcast amazon music and with all of that and everything being said this has been the college loop pregame show for Ole Miss. Well, that was fun.